Hi, I'm Dove Fox. You're listening to the Audible Original Podcast, Donor 9623, Part 1, where I uncover a world of betrayal in the biggest reproductive hoax of our time. Shocking details emerge in my quest for the truth, and it doesn't stop here. An all-new Part 2 is available now. You won't want to miss this thrilling next chapter only from Audible. Visit audible.com donor to learn more and sign up for your free trial. Audible Originals presents Donor 9623, hosted by Dove Fox. I don't think I was really, really concerned until Stephanie found on his phone that he'd been Googling how to kill himself and how to kill his stepbrother. How old was he? He was 10? Fifth grade, early fifth grade. It was shortly after I moved in. I think I was looking on his phone because he wasn't supposed to be on it. What he searched was how to kill my stepbrother. I remember you walking in and telling me and me calling his therapist, and they said, take him to Ridgeview. Call him, take him now. He was tiny and skinny, 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 teeny, tiny little thing. I don't think I stopped crying the whole time. I have to go drop off my child at a mental home. And I don't have a choice. Wendy knew there was something very wrong with Alex, her second child, the baby of the family. It started around the time he went to kindergarten. It wasn't just tantrums. This was a whole other level of fury. There were mirrors broken. There were windows broken. There's holes in the doors. The anger, the rages. The anger, the rages. I remember thinking, does this child have a soul? His eyes were just dead. I mean, he was he was really kind of scary. We're going to therapy. We're taking the medication. And yet it's still happening. You feel so helpless. When your child is suffering, you want to know everything. Each piece of information might be a clue to what caused it, how to make it better. What's he eating? Who's he hanging out with? Is he getting bullied? Have you been too hard on him? Too easy? Or maybe it goes even deeper. Something lurking in the family tree. That's where Wendy Norman hit a wall. Because she was missing crucial information about her son. About half his biology. Alex's biological father was a man Wendy knew only as Donor 9623, a man who had sold his sperm to an Atlanta-based sperm bank called Zytex. All Wendy had to go on was a donor profile. It described a tall Renaissance man with a genius IQ, movie star looks, and a sparkling bill of health. Donor 9623 seemed to have it all. But as she'd learn only from news coverage a decade and a half later, almost everything she'd been told about this man was a lie. The Georgia sperm bank, Zytex Corp, misled couples about their donor. You're a brilliant young man. You're just going to be the perfect sperm donor. This was such a sort of flagrant abuse of the system. What you thought you were getting, you were not getting. 
I'm going to go on this website and find the best looking dude who purports to have the highest IQ and the best credentials because that's what I want. He donated for 14 years. They're going to win the game of life by spreading their seed. My earliest childhood memory is going to New York City. I remember seeing the Statue of Liberty. Who does he think he is? It shatters how I look at the world. I mean, it's all lies. Is this going to be just a really crappy point in my life where I learn that everything's downhill from here on out? This is Donor 9623. I'm Dove Fox. In my other life, I'm a law professor with a focus on bioethics. My last book was about reproduction gone awry, botched sterilizations and bungled birth control, embryo mix-ups and freezer meltdowns. Of all the cases I've researched over the years, Donor 9623 was the one I couldn't stop thinking about. Because this is the case that blew the cover on a billion-dollar industry. One in every 50 kids born in the United States today is conceived in a fertility clinic or Petri dish. The stakes are so high, yet oversight is shockingly low. Let me put it this way. Nail salons, potato chips, pretty much every other service or product you can think of is better regulated. It's been that way since the invention of test tube babies back in the late 70s. Other developed countries closely regulate assisted reproduction. But in the U.S., all this was coming on the heels of Roe v. Wade. The fertility industry was an even murkier landscape that sparked new questions about when life begins and what makes a family. So lawmakers threw up their hands and mostly let the industry set its own rules. That's why sperm banks still operate largely in the dark. And as you'll hear in this story, when no one's looking, so much can go wrong. There's another reason I'm drawn to this case. I didn't really know my dad either. He abandoned my mom, my brothers, and me when I was a kid. The day I turned 18, I took a bus down to the courthouse and changed my last name. Fox comes from my mom's side. But it wasn't that easy to lose that connection to my dad. He was a part of me I couldn't erase. And his absence consumed me with questions. Why did he leave us? Who was he? Would I turn out like him? So in a way, I understand the feeling that you can't really know yourself until you know where you came from. The families who chose Donor 9623 thought they knew who they were getting. But this man, like my own dad, was a mystery. One they'd have no choice but to solve. Uh, how much do you want to know about me? Wendy Norman? Wendy's 51 years old. She and Alex live with Wendy's partner, Stephanie, and Stephanie's son from a previous marriage. Wendy's small and sporty, with short blonde hair. She was wearing khaki shorts and keds when we met at her home in Peachtree, Georgia. Peachtree is a planned community carved from a forest outside Atlanta. Wide streets and cul-de-sacs, houses with big front yards. In the back, They're connected by a network of golf cart paths. Wendy is from Salt Lake City. One of her sisters had moved to Peachtree after college. The first time Wendy visited, she fell in love with the place. 
It is gorgeous. There are golf carts. No snow. No Mormons. So I bought a house. (laughs) Wendy grew up Mormon. When she was in her 20s, she came out and left the church. She always knew she wanted to be a mom. Had you guys ever considered adoption? Part of you that wants to have that genetic connection and history and the lineage, it almost feels selfish. But at the same time, I think that's a very human, natural reaction to have. And we maybe would have, but especially back then, it was not just expensive, but how do you find someone who's going to do a lesbian couple? Wendy could have asked someone she knew to donate sperm, but she had seen this go wrong before. Her brother had given sperm to some friends of his, and everything went fine until the baby was born. All of a sudden, it hit him that there was a child. He felt a connection. Oh, yeah. And how do you reconcile that? Because you're not going to be part of that child's life, but you know they're there. And so what do you do? They're like, well, here's some pictures, which almost makes it harder. At that point, Wendy's partner was a woman named Janet. The two of them didn't want there to be any question that they were the parents. So they opted for an anonymous donor from a sperm bank. Sperm banks help people have kids. But they aren't family doctors or mom and pop shops. They're brokers that buy sperm and sell it for a profit. Was there anything about that process that gave you any pause? Nope. This is the premier place to get it. It's nice that it's here in Georgia, but it's worldwide, this iTech place. And, you know, it's one of the top in the world, rather not just the country. Do you remember the first time you visited Zytex? I never did. It was all calls and and paperwork back and forth. And they send you, you know, a list of brown hair, this ethnicity, this tall, this weight. And then you pick from there the long profile that has all that and you pay more for that. What were your expectations going in about? I think my only expectation is that I would be able to get pregnant. I did want to choose a donor that was tall because I'm not. It was a little bit like shopping. You'd see things like um, hairy or not. I don't know when somebody was hairy. Do you want a good medical history? Wendy and Janet paid $1,600 for a batch of sperm from Zytex, then another couple thousand for the insemination. Their first son, Andrew, was born in 1999. A few years later, they were ready to try for another kid. The plan was to use Andrew's donor again. But there was a problem. When I contacted Zytec, they said they only allow 10 live births, and then they retire the sperm. So they went back to the catalog to pick another donor. One profile jumped out right away, number 9623. We read through it, and it was like, that's the one. I don't know if it was the interests. The favorite book was The Dictionary, which um, I thought was interesting. Caucasian, German-English, medium brown hair color with wavy hair, has blue hazel eyes, education, extensive, private training in music, height 6'4". The Family Health Questionnaire listed over five pages of diseases and disorders. Cancer, diabetes, schizophrenia. No was checked for all 143, except one. His dad was colorblind. Medical history, grandmothers in good health, two aunts, two uncles, all in good health, grandfather at 80, 
siblings, all in great health. Just as good, good, good. The profile included hundreds of other details, too. Donor 9623 was extremely outgoing, it said, and ambidextrous. Celebrity lookalike? Tom Cruise. His IQ was 160, same as Einstein's. And then there was an essay. I'm a bit of a country boy. However, I spent my teenage years in a West Coast city where I learned how the diversity of people is what makes them so interesting. I have been involved in every activity I could manage from learning four languages to competing in international music performance competitions. I played basketball in school and also played intramural sports, including baseball, soccer, lacrosse, tennis, and golf. I am now intrigued by the field of medicine, particularly neuroscience, and I will complete my graduate degree within the next two years in neuroscience engineering. What kind of picture did that paint for you? I saw this tall guy who was really open to a lot of things in the world. He was a drummer. He liked science stuff. He liked, what did he call it, crystallography. He was open to a lot of things in the world and and really enjoying life and all of that sort of stuff is what I pictured. Did you imagine that you would like him if you met him in real life? Yeah, I thought so. He's musical. He's mathematical. He's athletic. Um, Yeah, he has it all. There are a few sentences in his profile that, at least in my ears, sound a little awkward, Mm -hmm. maybe braggy. The profile says, I have been recognized by an international drum and bugle corps as one of the most proficient drummers alive. What did you think when you read that? Um, Maybe he's just, you know, proud of that, or maybe that's some wording somebody used at some point that he's just quoting. And he said he was a professional musician, so it was like, okay, maybe he is really good. Part of me is like a Tom Cruise lookalike, Einstein IQ. This guy sounds too good to be true. Was there any part of you that felt that way? No. Why would you lie? And Zytec does all of the right stuff and does the checks and all of that. My impression was is they're sitting there doing this with you. You're not going to lie. And if you are, they're not going to let you. And it's not like Wendy could have verified anything, even if she'd wanted to. Because that's how it works when you use a sperm bank. They put up a firewall to keep families and donors at arm's length. That way, no one has to worry that the pull of that genetic tie might lead either side to come back, looking for something more. The idea is that by hiding everyone's identities, they'll avoid the situation that Wendy's brother and his friends found themselves in. So that profile is all Wendy had to go on before she chose donor 9623. Wendy gave birth to Alex in 2001. In elementary school, he started having problems. One morning, Wendy got a call from the principal. Mrs. Norman, this is Dr. Berryman. And I said, Dr. Berryman, that can't be good if you're calling me Mrs. Norman. And she said, I'm not going to lie, it's not. We've lost your son, the police are on their way. They had no clue where he was. They had police, you know, searching the woods. He turned up two miles away, unharmed. But from that point on, the rages only got worse. He was curling up in a ball and wouldn't react. If things got overwhelming to him... He just shut down, and you couldn't 
get him to get up and move or do anything. He had been threatening suicide. He's nine, he's ten. Wendy and Janet started hiring therapists. I wasn't making very much, and Janet's a teacher, so there's not a lot of money, and it's, you know, $200 a visit because you have to go to the one that also can prescribe medication, and insurance won't touch a dime of it. Um, and going even every other week is, that's a huge expense. How, how did you pay for it? You, you go into a lot of debt. You get credit cards and you go into a lot of debt. I was extended to the limit. I, I ended up having to declare bankruptcy um, after Janet and I split. Doctors had different theories about what was wrong with Alex. At one point, they thought he had bipolar disorder, but no one diagnosis fit. Over the years, his doctors kept trying different medications, but Alex only got worse. You just push harder against the wrong thing. When Alex was in eighth grade, Wendy tried phasing out his meds entirely, and it worked. Alex got better. This is also around the time Alex started getting more curious about his biological father. He contacted me when I was on a trip and said, can I read my donor profile again? So I got it out and I said, here you go. I just figured like the number is probably like a serial number or something like that. This is Alex. He'd come home from school while I was talking with Wendy and flopped down on the couch across from his mom. Alex is 17 a high school junior. He's tall and gangly, with longish dark hair. Think Keanu Reeves, circa Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. So maybe by looking it up, I can find something on, like, the corporate website or something like that. I'm telling him, bedtime, bedtime. 10 o'clock, he walks in, and he said, can you come look at this? I can't remember what news station it was. And I started reading through it, and, you know, you, you just, chest becomes tight. And you can't breathe. There was a big article that was like, sperm donor scandal. And I'm like, it matches. It matches exactly what the donor profile is. And you're reading this after your 14-year-old son has been looking over for how many hours? I was just like, silent, just looking through. He's very stoic. But he, you can feel his fear. Because I don't know what to do with it. He definitely doesn't know what to do with it. You could see it on his face, just hit by a truck. What do I do? I mean, as a 14-year-old, what do you do? Can't let him start running his brain wild. The thought of him sitting, trying to make sense of it on his own for that long is just wrenching. I'm trying to scan through this and saying, no, no, no. How long has he been sitting with this? You know, what is going on with him? How do I help him? So then we start to deal with it. As Wendy would learn, lots of other people were in that same boat. Dozens of families had used sperm from donor 9623, all seduced by that same dazzling profile. Are you kidding She's like, I've been uh, shaking for three hours. This story 
would expose the truth about a massive industry that creates tens of thousands of babies every year in the United States alone. So a man will provide a sample in this little plastic cup and have, you know, 50 or 75 or even 150 children. And put Wendy at the center of an epic legal battle over how to hold that industry accountable and about what it means to love your child. What's on trial is not whether Alex has value, his life is valuable. It's about Zytac doing the right thing. It all started a few years earlier with an email gone wrong. That's next on Donor 9623. In the thrilling conclusion of Donor 9623, dive deeper into the mind and motives of Chris Agales as he confronts the families forged in the wake of his lies. The final chapter of this odyssey is available now at audible.com donor, only from Audible. Here's a sneak peek. But then an email landed in my inbox. It read, I have a son from Donor 9623. And my son would like to meet him. I want nothing from the donor except a chance to ask some questions that only he can answer. Would you be willing to reach out and see if he'd be open to talking? And just like that, this story I'd thought was over, it turns out was just getting started. 